you in every single step, every single phase. And I pray, Father, you'll help us even in this service to be led and guided by you. I pray that you've just prepared our hearts to receive your truth in a way where we're not just hearers, but we're actually people who take it and do something with it. And it causes change in us and those around us. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it in advance. And everyone says, Amen. All right, well, we're going to start off a brand new series today called Unleashed, and the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is called The Bridge, and you can write that down or you can follow along on the Uversion app by going to the live section of the Uversion app that's on the Android or the Apple platform, and you can download that, click on live, and search for an event in your area, and you'll be able to follow along on the notes as well. We're going to talk about The Bridge this morning. And I was praying about this and saying, God, what, how are we going to kick this Unleashed series off? And about three weeks ago, God just kind of dropped this in my heart about this concept of the bridge and this concept of kind of springboarding off of what I talked about last week with disciples. Because last week, I explained that we are disciples. We're not just people who go to church and who just hear good things taught, but a disciple is someone who is a learner, a disciplined learner, someone who is a hearer and an imitator, a doer of the one that is discipling them. So as we are disciples of Christ, we're not just supposed to hear Christ's teachings. We're not supposed to just hear what he says, but we're supposed to actually put it into practice and do what he says, right? That's what being a disciple means, an imitator of not only his teaching, but his lifestyle as well. And we talked about how we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand something about disciples. We're not just floating around without a purpose. We're not just floating around aimlessly just trying to be nice Mr. Rogers people. That's not the goal. That's not the end game. We actually have a purpose. Disciples of Jesus Christ have a purpose, and we're called to be disciples, and we're being unleashed with that calling to affect change both in us and others as we ourselves are growing and maturing and learning what it means to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We have a purpose. We have a purpose to do something to help advance the kingdom of God, to help this thing move forward, and to actually do something significant with our lives. It's not all about what I can heap on myself. It's not all about what I can get or how good I can feel, but it's about, God, what can I do for you with this time that you've given me on this earth? I have a purpose that is bigger than just me. And that's what he wants us to understand is that disciples have a purpose, and we are being unleashed to go and to find that purpose and to live that purpose as disciples of Jesus Christ. And Jesus did this with his own disciples when he was here on the earth in the book of Matthew. You can go ahead and turn over there to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at Matthew 10 and verse 5. Matthew, Matthew chapter 10 is where all of the disciples, you can look there in the very beginning, they are named there. And uh, we see how... Uh, the Bible just goes through all of the different names of the disciples and gives a little bit of their story and kind of who they are. And after they're all named, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5. These 12 men that Jesus sent out, he commanded them by saying, Do not go the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter into the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he says this, Freely you have received... So freely give. 
So in other words, what Jesus was telling them, listen guys, all of the things that I've exposed you to, all of the things that we've talked about, all of the things that I have said weren't just so you could just become my disciple and just get a bunch of stuff out of the deal. No, you received all the stuff freely. Now it's time for you to give. I'm sending you. I'm unleashing you. I'm empowering you with my authority to go out and to do these things that I have created you to do. You have a purpose and it's not just to serve yourself. It's to serve me and to go out and do what I've equipped you to do what I have ordained you to do, what I have called you to do. And he was beginning to unleash them, and he gave them instruction and told them what they were to do. And he does this again before he leaves the earth in the book of Mark in the 16th chapter. So go over to the book of Mark, very last chapter of Mark, the 16th chapter. Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already risen from the grave, and he's about to ascend into heaven. And here he is standing before this group of people and he is, he's instructing them, giving them his final instructions before he leaves this earth. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he had received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And then they went out and preached everywhere the Lord, working with them and confirming the word with the accompanying signs. Amen. See, Jesus taught, modeled, and empowered his disciples to be unleashed to cause change. You see there in Matthew, when Jesus was still around, that he told them, just go through the lost sheep of Israel. And he sent them out with that purpose. And they took that step and they went out and they reached the lost sheep of Israel. And they were proclaiming that the kingdom of God was here. And they were proclaiming the good news of Jesus, that he was here, the Messiah had come. And then after Jesus had died and after he had been resurrected, now Jesus said, now it's not just for the lost sheep of Israel. Now go into all the world. Now go everywhere and preach this gospel. And these are going to be the signs that are going to follow you. These are the things that are going to accompany your message. So go out with the equipment that I've given you, the instruction I've given you, the modeling that I've done, and go out and actually apply what I've taught you. But before they could go out and apply what Jesus had taught them and empowered them to do, they first had to understand it. They had to get it. We have to get it before we can correctly apply it in our lives, just as Jesus did with his disciples. You can't drop an Algebra 2 book in the lap of a five-year-old and say, figure this out and tell me all, how, to, how to fix all of these problems and find the solutions to all this stuff. No, you have to go step by step. You have to give them instructions and concepts to help them to understand. You have to break it down on their level where they're at to help them understand it before they can actually use it or apply it. And that's the same thing that Jesus did with his ministry. Everything he did, everything he said was modeling before those that were following him. Everything that he taught, how he explained the scriptures. He was explaining to them the heart of God. He was explaining to them God's value system. He was explaining to them, this is how that my father works. This is how the kingdom of God works. He would use different parables. And sometimes he would use the, the parable of a farmer, a sower. Sometimes he would use the weather. Sometimes he would use different issues and circumstances that they just could relate with to help them to get it, to understand it. So with that being said, we need to get something. We need to understand something that he wants us to grasp a hold of his word and his truth. It's not some foreign, hidden, mysterious thing that God doesn't want us to get. And it's only for just super spiritual people who understand Greek and Hebrew. It's for you and it's for me, right? 
It's for everyday folks. God wants us to understand Him. He wants us to understand Him so we can apply His Word. And then once we apply His Word, we have grown in confidence to be able to share His truth because we've understood it, we've applied it, and we have shared it. So I want you to write those three things down. Understand, apply, and share. And I want you to go to the book of Nehemiah in the 8th chapter. Nehemiah chapter 8. And I want to show you how this worked here in Scripture. Nehemiah 8, just to give you a little heads up on this story. In the book of Nehemiah, the children of Israel have once again found themselves as slaves. And these guys were enslaved to the Babylonians. Babylonians came in and they wrecked Jerusalem. They tore down the walls. They just really caused a lot of damage to the city. And these people were imprisoned by the Babylonians for 60 years. So here you've got the children of God who are in captivity by the Babylonians for 60 years, and they're not having direct access to Scripture. They're not able to freely teach and publicly teach Scripture because they had to follow the laws of that area that they were in, or otherwise they would be killed, or they would just be thrown out of, you know, wh whatever the case may be. And, and so they were afraid. They were scared, and so they wouldn't a lot of times teach or share. So whatever they knew about God... Whatever they knew during that 60-year span was because maybe someone who had been there before had shared about Jerusalem or someone had talked about it. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of, gener of that generation that passed away and maybe even some that were born into slavery and that's all they knew was that they were just born immediately into captivity and they never knew freedom. And so as they're born into this, they're hearing these stories and they've got it, this picture in their mind of Jerusalem and how great it would be to serve God freely and to worship God freely and to not have to worry about being persecuted because of their worship. And, and we're about to be free. And so, so during that 60-year time span, it finally came to the point to where the king released all of the people of Israel and allowed them to go back to their homeland. And when they went there, they were distraught because they saw that the city was in ruins. And Nehemiah wept. He was, he was so upset that the city was in ruins. And so it, God put it on his heart to go and to rebuild these walls around Jerusalem. You know, it would be kind of like the equivalent of you having this favorite spot you like to go and say it's in another state or another country. Oh, I ate at this one restaurant. It was just awesome in this other state. And so you tell your buddies that we haven't been there in about 10 years though, you know, but man, it was awesome. You get everybody psyched up about it, pumped up about it, and you get everybody just rallied up, ready to go. Well, you made plans. You've taken the whole weekend to go make this trip to go eat at this awesome place. And you go there and it is a dive and the food is trash and it's nothing like what you remember and you're so disappointed. It's like, man, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And here you go, hearing all these wonderful stories about Jerusalem, hearing all these stories about how awesome God is and how much He loves us. And then all of a sudden you're released and you go and you walk and you see this city that's in ruins. And so they begin to rebuild as Nehemiah led them to rebuild. And they rebuilt this whole entire wall. And then as, after they did that, they were dedicating the walls to the Lord. And they did so by reading the scripture. And this priest named Ezra, he grabbed the scrolls of the word of the Lord that had not been freely publicly read in a very long time. People who had probably never even experienced hearing the words of the Lord read publicly and freely were just now going to hear it for the very first time. And that's where we're at in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 1. It says, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. That's one of the gates in the wall. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women who all could hear with understanding on the first day in the seventh month. 
Then he read it from the, and he read it in the open square and was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before men and women and all those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. From morning till midday? And you guys think I preach long sometimes? <laughs> from morning till midday? I mean, this is a long reading of the book of the law. He's just sitting there reading all this stuff. But these people are so attentive. They're so hungry because of everything they had been through. And they're just now free. And they're getting to hear this. And they're just so attentive. Verse 4, so Ezra stood on a platform of wood which they had made for that purpose. And beside him at his right hand stood Matthiah, Shema, Aniah, Erijah, Hilkiah. I'm just messing all these names up. And Bob and Larry. And, uh, and at his left hand, all of these other people. Verse 5, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was, he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. You ever been to church before where when they open the scriptures, everybody stands? You ever seen that before? It's kind of where that tradition comes from. And uh, they stood up. Ezra blessed the people, uh, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Benai, Sheriba, uh, Jamin, Akub, Shebetai, Hojiah, and all these other guys. And the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. Now check this out. Okay, so here you are. You hear the word of God read for, say, the very first time. And all these people are just so attentive because they've heard stories about this. They've been waiting for this day. And some people understood it, and some people didn't get it. But it was so important that everyone understood it that all these people with all those different names led basically all these small groups that they busted out into so everybody could kind of sit in their group. Okay, now listen. They'd have, say, just for example, a group of 20 or 30 people. You know, one of these guys, one of these Levites would be leading. He would say, okay, now, I know Ezra just read all this stuff. Now let me help you to understand what this means. It's important that you understand this. And I just think that's so cool because a lot of times, a lot of us live under this guise that we're just supposed to come to church and hear something preached and hear something read from a book that we don't understand and somehow it makes us right with God or somehow it makes God like us because we just heard all these words. And let me tell you, God doesn't want you to just hear all these words and not understand them. He wants you to understand them. We can even see in the Old Testament, it was so important to understand the words of God that we broke out and all these people would actually teach it and break it down to where we would understand it. So it's important to God that you understand His Word, and it's also important to God that you understand His will for your life. God wants you to understand His Word. You can understand His Word, and God wants you to know His will for your life, and He wants you to understand it because He wants you to be able to believe in Him and trust Him right where you're at. So it's my job as the pastor to make sure that all these different levels, all these different people of all different ages, all different backgrounds are able to come together and hear the Word of God in a way that they can understand it because the next step is to actually take it and do something something with it, right? That's why we're doing what we do. We're gathering together to understand the Word of God, just as Nehemiah did in his day, just as all those people did at the time when Ezra read the book of the law, so they could break it down and actually take it and do something with it. It's not just something we're supposed to become one of these big, giant, bobblehead Christians where we just know all this stuff, but we have zero application in our life. He wants us to take what he says and do something with it. Because when we actually take the Word of God and do something with it, and we're not just hearers only, then that's what causes life change in us. 
That's what causes change in others. That's what causes us to come alive and connect to purpose. And I think about that. A lot of people have this idea that the will of God is this foreign, mystical, mysterious thing that God is hiding from you, that he doesn't want you to understand his word. No, God wants you to get it. He wants you to understand it right where you're at. And we live in a day and time where there is more uh, opportunities and resources to understand the Word of God than ever before. There's more uh, technology that we can go access all these different things to help us break down. There's more translations. There's more uh, commentaries. There's more stuff and studies and, and resources that we've ever had in the history of man to be able to understand the Word of God. And it blows me away to think that here we are living in such a day and time where we have all of this access to all of this stuff, but yet we have so little application in our lives. How could it be that we live in a day and time where there's so many things that are helping us to understand the Word of God, but yet sometimes we can just become hearers of the Word and not doers? You see, when you understand God's Word, God's will, it connects you to purpose. When you understand it, it connects you to purpose because you can understand it and you can apply it in your life. And that's where the change comes. That's where the renewing of the mind comes. That's where the heart change comes from. When we begin to understand who God is, when we begin to understand His Word, His values, it's the same thing Jesus did with His disciples. And then He unleashed them after He equipped them by understanding His values, by understanding His Word, understanding who He was. Because He wanted us to take it and actually do something with it. Freely you've received, now freely give. I'm not into bobblehead Christianity. You know, the kind where we just get so smart and we know everything. And we just can spout out all these scriptures. And we can spout out all these references. And, oh, well, this, this theologian says this and this theologian says that. That's great, but the proof is in the pudding, right? I don't know what that means, but my mama used to say it. <laughs> or the proof is in the puddings and the eating something. I don't know. I get it mixed up. But... I'm sure somebody out there knows it, and you're going to correct me on Facebook. So that's fine. Just do your thing. But we've got to connect to the application because a lot of times as a pastor, I think, okay, it's my job to help people to understand the Word of God. And I feel like we do that here. I feel like that we make the Word of God very easy to understand, very practical to understand because that's what God wants. He wants it to make sense. He doesn't want it to be something where we don't understand Him. He wants His kids to know Him more. Okay, so I feel like we're helping people to understand, and as I was praying, I was like, okay, God, there's a gap. There's a gap between us understanding the Word and applying the Word. How do we help people to cross that bridge between understanding and applying the Word of God? What's the bridge there between understanding and applying? Because I don't want us to just become really head smart and just know a lot of things, but yet we're still living defeated. We're still living, dealing with the same junk we've always been dealing with, and we're not seeing any progress or growth or freedom or, or momentum in our lives. God, how, how do we help people to cross that bridge from understanding to applying? And it's so simple. God just dropped this in a conversation that I was having, just dropped it in my heart as I was having a conversation with some people. And he said this, the bridge is opportunity. I want you to write that down. The bridge between understanding and applying the Word of God is opportunity. That's the bridge. The bridge is opportunity. And the crazy thing is that opportunity is obviously all around us, but sometimes we may not be aware of it. We, we may not be aware of opportunity because we disconnect. 
We disconnect from the point where we understand the Word of God and the application. Even though the opportunity is there, we become very unaware of it because a lot of times we may be sitting in church and we think that the preacher is talking to somebody else. Oh, he ain't talking to me. Oh, boy, I sure wish so-and-so come to church today because they needed this. <laughs> and we're always thinking about somebody else instead of saying, God, what do you have for me? What are you trying to say to me today? What are you trying to get me to understand in my life? And when we open the Word of God, we think, man, I know a bunch of people that need to hear this today. Mm, I'm just going to send them that link to Joyce. They just need to hear her today. Mm, she was just on fire today. What about you? <laughs> what about me? What, what, what about us? You see, we can have all of the Scripture a day calendars where we tear off the little thing with the little funny cartoon. We can have as many of those as we want. We can have all of the different little Bible reading reminders and devotionals and things like that. But folks, if we don't take advantage of the opportunities that are presented when we understand the Word of God, it just becomes a bunch of things that we know, and it doesn't change our lives. Knowledge alone does not change your life. It's the application of that knowledge that causes the change. Right? You can tell your kids all you want. Don't go out there and touch that stove. It's hot. It looks fun, though. Don't go touch that stove. They have the knowledge. They just didn't have the application, and they had to learn the hard way. They should have listened when they had the opportunity. You see, the bridge between understanding and application is opportunity. And it's all around. Opportunity is everywhere. Opportunity is all around us to understand the Word of God. Just like sometimes you'll be, you'll, you'll be praying or you'll be in church or whatever the case may be, and then you'll just understand something all of a sudden you hadn't understood before. And let me tell you something. If you don't take advantage of the opportunity to apply it, you'll often disconnect from that moment that you knew you should have applied it, and you'll just get busy doing other things. Or you'll say, no, it, uh, I'll just kind of stay away from that, especially when it's the stuff that's kind of challenging and hard in our lives. You know, it's not like the type of message where we hear something where we're all like, oh, yay, ooh, that was a good message. Oh, that felt so good. I'm talking about the messages where it's kind of like, mm, oh. You know, the ones where it's kind of like, oh, mm, I got some stuff I need to handle. And then we go and we just try to forget about it. We get busy watching TV or, or doing whatever we do. We just get busy, 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 busy. And we neglect the opportunity. The more times that we neglect opportunity when we understand something, to take it and apply it, it kind of kind of happens like, you know, when you buy that new pair of shoes, new pair of leather shoes that don't really fit that great when you first get them, but you put them on, and you're like, what's wrong with you? You break your leg or something? No, I got some new shoes, dog. They just hurt right now. It'll be all right. And you work them in, and you break them in, but you get them blisters on the back of your heel, but then blisters go away. And shoes start to break down, start to break in, get comfortable. And on the back of your heel, you get those calluses. You know the monastic calluses? You go to Bath and Body Works, get them little stone things or whatever. I don't know nothing about that. I've heard stories. But anyways, you, you get those calluses there, and it's because it's constantly went through that pain. Your body is adapting to the pain. It's building up those calluses. And a lot of times we'll hear something may be challenging to us, or we'll be aware of something. And when we ignore the opportunity to connect and respond, we're just building up calluses. It's not that God stopped speaking to us. It's that we just got dull of hearing. 
It's not that God's not wanting to lead us and guide us and direct us. It's just sometimes we just start ignoring the opportunities when he does present them and when he is speaking. And the more and more we ignore it, the further and further we get away from being sensitive to listening to what he is saying to us or what he's trying to do in our lives. And we get hard in our hearts a lot of times towards things. And then we get to this place where we just think we know it all. Oh, well, I already knew that. Man, I wish that somebody else would have been here to hear that today. Man, I knew that. I know that. I've known that for years. And we get real prideful in our callousness. And, but what we don't realize is that we're being very dull in our hearing. And we're just people who know a lot, but we have very little application. You see, for us to move forward, we've got to walk across the bridge of opportunity when it presents itself. Because opportunity is all around. You know, there's opportunities for you to connect to purpose every day. There's opportunity for you to connect with the momentum that God has in your life. And He's wanting you to be unleashed into purpose. And He's wanting you to connect to that in such a real way. There's opportunity everywhere. But a lot of times we're just not aware. Or either we simply ignore opportunity. That's the bridge between understanding and applying the Word of God. But the more we take advantage to apply the Word of God in our lives, the more we take advantage of those opportunities, the more we're going to grow. And we need to grow, amen? I need to grow. You need to grow. We all need to grow. But for us to grow, we've got to take advantage of opportunities to apply the Word of God. Because the more we think, oh, that was a nice message, Pastor, you did such a nice job. You're so nice. The more that we just think that was a nice message and we don't apply it and we don't do anything with it, the more dull our hearing becomes. The further away we get from accomplishing the purpose that God has put us here for. The more we get comfortable, the more we begin to just blame other people for things in our lives instead of take responsibility. We need to connect with opportunity, opportunities that God presents us. Because here's the thing. I want you to write this down. When we connect with opportunities that are obvious, then we become more aware of those opportunities that aren't. When we connect with obvious opportunities, things that are just right there in our face, things that are like, oh, that's an obvious opportunity. We connect with that, then all of a sudden our awareness begins to just get sharper. We begin to expand how aware we become of different things that maybe aren't quite so obvious. Because it's not a lack of opportunity. It's just that we need to become more aware. So when we respond to those things that are obvious, and they're everywhere, the more we become aware of the things that aren't. Because there's opportunity everywhere, folks. It's at your job. Opportunity in your home. Opportunity at the Little League field to show people the love of Christ. When you want to show them the ugliness when that little kid struck your little boy out and you knew that wasn't a strike and you said the umpire was blind <laughs> and you want to get all like crazy parent all over them, there's opportunities everywhere to show the love of God. Opportunities everywhere, just like when we're going to serve our community by going and cleaning up this trash at the broad days. So what is it? Just an opportunity. It's an opportunity to apply the Word of God because you can hear messages about serving the world all day long. You can hear me say it a hundred different ways and break it down a hundred different ways to help you understand the need to serve, the need to give. Freely you give, freely you receive. Jesus said that I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I can say that a hundred different times, a hundred different ways, but it's never going to become real to us until we have the opportunity to connect and to actually apply it and to actually do something with it. 
And the more and more we respond to those obvious opportunities, whether it's in our lives personally or whether it's here at church, the more we're going to become aware of the things that aren't so obvious. Because it's everywhere, folks. That's why, you know, when we go to Mexico, you want to know all Mexico is? It's just an opportunity to apply the Word of God. Do you think that the only place in the world that there is need is in Pueblo, Mexico? Oh, no. There's need all over the place. The reason we go there is because it's an opportunity to get to love, to get to show people the love of Christ, to get to apply what it is that we've learned and what we've grown in and to actually get to do it hands-on. That's what God does. He provides us with opportunities. We take advantage of those opportunities. We shouldn't leave that opportunity in Mexico, right? Hello. Hello, somebody. We shouldn't leave that opportunity in Mexico because is that the only place there's opportunity? No. There's opportunity everywhere. It's just am I aware of it or not? I'm a little bit more aware of it there because things are different than they are here. Sometimes I get so comfortable and so familiar with things here that I just become very dull of opportunity. But it's everywhere. There's opportunity to serve. There's opportunities to serve and give right here in this church and be a part of this body. Opportunity to volunteer and partner with moving forward with this church and areas that, that, that you, you, you can get plugged into that will be life-giving areas as you're helping the church to grow and move forward. There's, that, that's all this outreach center we're doing is. When we're building this outreach center, all we're doing is trying to provide a place where people can connect to opportunity. That's all it is. Just a big old opportunity for people to get connected to purpose. And that's what my goal is as the pastor. My job is, is to help you to understand the Word of God and to apply it. And I think that as I've been praying over this, it just makes sense to me that we as a church can begin to provide opportunities for the people here to not only be hearers of the Word, but to be doers of the Word because it's all going to help us grow. Amen? That's what it's going to do. The more we take advantage of those obvious opportunities because God wants you to be unleashed to accomplish your purpose. God wants word of grace to be unleashed to accomplish our purpose here as a church. And that's going to take people growing in their understanding of God's word. It's going to take people understanding it to the point to where we apply it. We understand it to the point where we get it and we take advantage of those opportunities and we walk across that bridge. And what we're going to do is we're going to present those opportunities to you. And, and they may be in different forms as a church. We're, some may be a class or you know some type of a step of faith for you. A work project or serving and you know, like the, the Broad Days thing or any other upcoming outreaches that we do. Or maybe God is dealing with you right now about something in your heart that I haven't even talked about this morning. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with serving or outreach or building projects or anything like that. Maybe it's just something God's dealing with you about that He's saying, you know what, it's time to make that phone call. It's time to go visit that person. It's time to make things right. It's time to clear the air. It's time to talk to your wife about that issue. It's time to talk to your husband about those words that you said. It's time to reconnect with your parents or that person that hurt you and ask them for forgiveness and let them know that you love them. You see, it's when you hear the word of God, it stirs up things in us and the Holy Spirit begins to bring things up to us each individually to help us to become more aware of things that our stumbling blocks in our lives that are actually holding us back from reaching our true potential, from reaching our true purpose, our true calling. And he's wanting just to take off all of the, the baggage, all of the junk that may be holding you back so you can be unleashed.
to move forward in your purpose. Move forward in the things that God has called you into. Move forward into the, pur the purpose and the plan that he has for you. But for you to do that, you can't just be a hearer of the word only. You've got to take advantage of the opportunity. And you've got to walk across that bridge. And you've got to apply that word. Last week, I preached a message on offense. And we talked about how we get offended every little turn, every little thing when things come up we don't like. How are we going to deal with that offense? Are we going to allow it to become a stumbling block in our lives, something that holds us back? Are we going to allow God to deal with our hearts to the point to where we actually act upon it and we actually find that forgiveness? Because the Bible says we're called to be good stewards of grace. That means that to him who's been given much, much is required, right? Freely you've received, freely you give. If you've been forgiven, if grace has been given to you, how much more should we give it to one another? And maybe that's what God's dealing with you about. I don't know. Maybe God's dealing with you about some things. Hey, it's time to get some things straight financially. Got to start making some better decisions. Got to get some help, some counseling. Learn, some, learn, learn how, to, how to create a budget, different things like that. Or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's time to start learning how to better equip your children to be more respectful, to be kids that are going to be raised up in a way that's going to please the Lord. And when they grow older and they leave home, it's not like you're wiping your forehead going, whoo, thank God, they're out of the house. It's more of a, I know I've done right by my children and I'm unleashing them out into this world and I've equipped them and prepared them for this world, prepared them to face different challenges. And maybe you need to grow in that area. Maybe that's something that God is dealing with you about. I need to begin to lead my home as a man and I need to step up and begin to set the tone in my house. Let my family know as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and set the tone with that. Maybe it's time for you to do that. I don't, I don't know what it is maybe that God's challenging you with or, or, or dealing with your heart about. But you've got to respond. You've got to respond to opportunity. He'll keep presenting opportunity because he wants you to grow. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be able to walk in victory that Jesus has already bought and paid for. He wants you to find healing. He wants you to find restoration. But for us to take this word and for it to be something more than just something we come every week to a church service in here or something that we read at home or something we listen to on the radio, we've got to cross the bridge. We've got to cross the bridge. Maybe God's putting it on your heart to cross the bridge here at church and to get plugged in and connected. Maybe he's telling you it's time. It's time to get plugged into opportunity, to get plugged into purpose. That's how we find our purpose. That's how we learn to live out the will of God is by following opportunity that God presents us with. And there may be an opportunity that's very obvious to you right now. And I want to encourage you today to respond. Would you bow your heads this morning? Maybe you're here in this place today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept him, to make him the Lord of your life, to not just be a hearer of the word, but to actually know him personally. Maybe you grew up in a way where you heard a lot about God, but you're like, Pastor, I don't know God personally, and I want to know him personally. The only way you can do that is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by putting your faith in Him. And I want to help you and lead you to be able to do that. So if that's you in this place today, I'm presenting you with opportunity. 
I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come down here. I, I, all, I want to, all I want you to do is just acknowledge that, that, that that's you right now in this moment by just lifting your hand right where you're at. Anybody in this place today? I see your hand in the back. You can put it down. Thank you. Anybody else in this place today? No shame, no fear in this. I want you to know that you know that you know that you're right with God. I see your hand. Thank you. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. But I want our church family, I want you just to join along with those that lifted their hands saying this prayer and believing it from our hearts this morning and knowing that it's Jesus Christ that makes us right with God and putting our faith and our trust in Him, making Him the Lord of our lives. Would you say this? Say, Jesus, I give you my heart today. I ask you to lead my life. Order my steps. I give my heart to you. Forgive me of my sin and make me right with God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me from the inside out. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Man.